we are now live on Facebook. How about that? Hello, Facebook. Yeah, so today we're on the John Papaloni Show podcast. We are interviewing Jamie Alves with the Alves team. How are you doing, Jamie? Good, John. Good, John. How are you, man? Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. It's a pleasure, always. And, uh, oops. Uh, yeah, sorry. My screen got away from me. <laughs> no, no worries. It happens. Yeah, so, like, um, we've done work together. Mm-hmm. And uh, you've been in the market for, well, you've been in the business quite a while. I think you've been in it longer than I have. I think I'm about, ooh, I think it's going to be 12 years in April. Yeah. So you're about seven years more than me. Yeah. Yeah. It's been, uh, it seems like yesterday, but yeah, I guess time flies, right? Absolutely, man. So it's, it's incredible. It, what a trip, Definitely. eh? Uh, it's crazy. It's amazing how it happens from be beginning to the point where you're at. I mean, uh, again, it's just, it's, it's crazy how time flies throughout the entire process. Yeah, like, I mean, even the market 12 years ago is nowhere near what it is today. Oh, so many things have changed. I mean, obviously, uh, as you can see, prices have changed quite substantially and they continue to rise year by year. So uh, I guess the most important thing for, for people now is being able to find an affordable product uh, in a location that they're comfortable with. That's true. That's true. Like, uh, well, I've been finding a lot of people been uh, leaving the city and moving west or east, sometimes uh, north. Absolutely. And I think that's kind of how we connected, right? Yeah, it's- Absolutely. For sure. I, I mean, our business obviously picked off in Mississauga. That, that's where most of our team members and myself grew up. Uh, you know, and as prices started to grow and start, sales started to get a little bit crazier, uh, you know, clients w- wanted to go north, whether it be Orangeville or Caledon or Niagara or Grimsby. Uh, and obviously, whenever we have a scenario like that, we want to make sure that our clients are in touch with professional, right? Uh, obviously, we got word through you that you do fantastic work. Uh, we were able to put our clients in touch with you who are willing to go west towards, you know, Grimsby, uh, Brantford, Niagara, so on and so forth. And it's been a fantastic experience just because, you know, the, you know, the areas, the safety, the school, the market, uh, as opposed to where we primarily focus our business and, you know, Mississauga, Oakville, Etobicoke. Uh, so we just want to make sure that everybody's always dealing with a professional when they're, when they're looking in the location that, that they desire. Absolutely. Which makes the most sense, right? Because I mean, like sure. you, I believe you can't be everything for everybody. You have to know the area that you're serving. And if you don't know that you're not really helping, you're doing them a disservice. Absolutely. I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. And, and again, as you know, kind of going back to, to what we've mentioned a couple of times already is how we met through a, an amazing referral market, which was actually actually on Facebook, right? Uh, and how important it is to, uh, I think one thing that we all have the perception of is, is we're the best, we do jo- the job the best way, right? There is so many amazing realtors out there. So it's so important to have those strong referral, uh, you know, partners that you can trust where you're able to, you know, send your clients out to them with confidence, knowing that they're in fantastic hands and they're doing a job just as good as you are, if not better. Right. That Exactly. That makes sense. So yeah, you're going back to what you're saying. You started 12 years ago. Like yep. why real estate? What, what made you say that this is what I'm going to do? That's a very good question. So believe it or not, I just kind of fell into it. Uh, I went to Sheridan College in Oakville for social service work. Did that. I probably rushed into it. Didn't think about it as much as I should have, uh, you know, prior to entering the program. Uh, and then funny enough, uh, you know, I met someone who's, who's my wife now <laughs> uh, and her, uh, she had a brother, uh, her brother-in-law was actually in real estate at the time. He was with Royal Page, and she kind of said, Hey, you know, why don't you try doing real estate? And I kind of hummed and hawed and I was like, ah, I don't know. And then I got into it, started doing the courses and I haven't looked back since. Yeah. Which makes total sense. That's pretty awesome. You know what I mean? It's kind of funny. Like, I mean, I, like as a kid, everyone, uh, you know, what are you going to be? Doctor, lawyer, um, yeah. 
you know, like doctor, lawyer, what, are, what is the other one? Fireman, police yeah. officer. You generally don't wake up and say, I'm going to be a sales guy in real estate. Uh, of, of course. Yeah. I mean, for me, it was kind of growing up, you know, you want to be a hockey player, right? We're playing so much, my brothers and I, even if you look behind me, you can see I still have so much love for the game. But uh, I mean, real estate has brought, you know, I've met so many amazing people. It's brought so much joy to my life. Uh, and again, being able to connect with amazing people like yourself, uh, home inspectors, mortgage brokers, lawyers, uh, there's so many amazing people out there that that it's been able to connect me with that, I, that I'm super thankful for. And I, I'm really happy that it's brought me to this point. Uh, and yeah, that, that, that's pretty much it. And tell me a little bit more about your journey, John, because I'm not really sure exactly how you got into real estate and, and kind of started up. That makes sense. Okay. See, for me, like, yeah, that's interesting. Like that, that like I got into it because, um, well, I, I've had a lot of career changes. Like I've been through, I mean, I started off in the nightclub business as a DJ, mm-hmm. right? So, I mean, that can only take you so far. And believe it or not, I didn't even want to be in the nightclub business. My whole goal was to build up a name because I wanted to be on radio. Mm-hmm. And, and to some degree, I, I got my goal, not to the degree yeah. that I was aiming, because um, I had a few live to airs from nightclubs. So I'm still mm-hmm. on radio, not the way I planned it, not the way yeah. I was hoping, but yeah. I ended up there. And then it was sort <laughs> of one of those things. I, I went one At one point, I was there from Wednesday to Sunday. Yeah. I, had, I was on a station. Not always the same station every day. Then one by one, at the, the summer ended, the club started closing during the week. I started losing the weeks, like like weekdays. Then the Sunday stopped. Then I got Friday and Saturday. I lost <laughs> that too. And then I got I was down to one day. And then that person says, "Well, we're going to keep the club like the night open, but I'm going to cut out the radio." And I just said yeah. to myself, "I'm only here for that. I'm done." Right? Gotcha. I mean, the, the industry was changing, and it's good because it's, I the music was changing too, and I was starting to become less into what it was becoming. So gotcha. what's the point of doing something you're no longer liking? For sure. No, I, I completely agree. And, and again, uh, being able to work with you, you're fantastic at what you do, uh, you know, in your neck of the woods. And we do have confidence sending clients out there. So we couldn't thank you more for what you've done for our team. Uh, again, and proceeding with you with confidence for anybody that we have looking in that area. Absolutely. I mean, it's a pleasure. I enjoy working with them and uh, working with you as well. It's it's a, a great experience. But yeah, going to where I was saying with the after DJing, I kind of got into printing. So that, okay. and printing and marketing, and that's kind of where I built up the marketing experience. And I did that for years, right? I, I actually built the business that ended up being in the top 100 printers in North America. Oh, nice. So it was um, quite an accomplishment, but eventually mm-hmm. I sold that. And then I started going, now what? Mm-hmm. So I tried an online media business, which was doing well mm-hmm. and it was fine. But then I still didn't really have a clear path of where I wanted to go. Mm-hmm. Um, my par- Then my dad, my parents got, got ill. I ended up spending the time with my dad, like while he was, uh, when my mom was in a retirement home, she had Alzheimer's. So my dad uh, started getting ill as well. So I spent my time at home with him. Mm-hmm. And at that point in time, I'm not working. And I'm going, what am I doing with myself? Mm-hmm. Like my whole click GDA business is going to be done. There's no going back to it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? By the time I get back to it, I've been out so long. It's like starting from scratch. Mm-hmm. It's that was my, it's my sign. You know what I mean? Like for sure. I'm going now what? I didn't know what I wanted. Absolutely. Right. Or, or, and, and I knew I did not want to go back to printing, mm-hmm. right. Regardless of where it is today or where it was, but I just knew in my heart, I got mm-hmm. sold cause I wanted out. Gotcha. So I thought, what do I like? And the answer is the same as everybody else. I have no idea. 
course. Right? So yeah. I thought I had the time to study for real estate. My parents were landlords, like they had their place, they had rental. So I thought, you know what? I remember as a kid going to the rental unit to collect money. My, uh, you know, most of family, my, my uh, family, the extended family as well, like and uncles and whatever have had, you know, rental properties. And I've watched them go through the process and, I, and that interests me. And at the time when I was, uh, you know, at home, I would go through houses. I'd show up at an open house. Of course, you know, at that time, I didn't know the open houses was to generate leads. It was to, you know what I mean? I just thought it's an open house. You go get to look at the house. Sure. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I didn't know what the concept was. So I, I went, I looked, and uh, I, I liked it. Mm-hmm. So I said, you know what? If I like that, if I'm doing this for myself, why don't I get my license and actually do something productive so I can help other people do that? Mm-hmm. Right? So, and then there, since I had the time at home and I, mm-hmm. I was pretty much doing this at home, you know? Yeah. Like, I mean, in terms of uh, work-wise. So I said, instead of just wasting away, I'm going to take the courses. And that's exactly what I did. And um, yeah, I haven't looked back. I've been through an obscene number of homes. Mm -hmm. I've been through more than 4,000 homes just in my first three years. Wow. I I didn't expect that too. But then I kind of figured out a why and how. Mm -hmm. But um, it's it's amazing. I mean, the the amount of homes you go through, the amount of things, like in a way, you get to see how other people live. Of course. Right? And, and, and the thing is, there's nothing more rewarding than closing day when somebody gets their keys and they're like, I just got to the house. For sure. For right? sure. And, and being able to see the smile on their faces, the happiness of first-time buyers, being able to walk through that door. And it's always great getting that text message to their phone where you know they say, hey, Jamie, thank you so much. You know, we couldn't have done this without you, right? But uh, it's a two-way street, right? We couldn't have done it without them. So the client experience and that relationship with them is so important from you know the first time you meet with them uh, till beyond the time they move through that front door, right? Uh, to making exactly. sure everything's okay, following up and following up. Uh, we just want to make sure that our clients are always happy and comfortable, uh, you know, whether it's 10 years after they buy the house, 20 years after they buy the house, just to make sure that relationship's there. 100%. And that's the thing, right? I mean, there's a lot of perception out there that we just stick a sign in a lot, hammer it into the grass, leave a hole in the grass and walk away. And then we go celebrate the money we're making. <laughs> right? Obviously, that's false. <laughs> for sure. Right? For sure. So there's a big process that people don't see. And yep. when the heartaches come in, they come into us first. And we yep. get the job of trying to explain it to the client and trying to make sure they uh, are not so heartbroken. And we have to deal with that because... Buying and selling is a very emotional and a very stressful time for for clients. And a lot of peaks and valleys, right? Like sometimes everything goes so smoothly and you're buying a beautiful house and then you get to the inspection and, you know, you find mold or you find something wrong with the foundation. And, and again, it being such an emotional process, people get upset. You know, they kind of go back to the drawing board and say if there's something we should, you know, is there something we can do? What should we do? Should we back out? So on and so forth. And, and again, we're always riding that roller coaster with the clients, right? We're, we're experiencing everything with them. And I know you have, you and I have chatted about this before, right? So uh, <laughs> it's just, it's so important to make sure that they're taken care of and, and that they understand, you know, yeah, absolutely. You can back out of the deal. You're completely protected with your condition or, you know, the other option is, you know, we can talk to some contractors, we can talk to your lawyer and see if there's any other avenues where you can still get the house that you like. And we're able to remedy the issues that that we found in the inspection, right? Absolutely, right? And that's the other thing. Being part of this business is not just helping them find a house, but we have to have solutions for them. Like, they don't turn around and, you know, like, if you're good in this business, you don't just turn around and say, oh, you need a plumber? Great, here's the yellow pages. Go online, find something. You know what yeah. I mean? It, like, they turn to us for that for answer, sure. right? For sure. And they want us to have that answer. Yeah, 
And theoretically, we're in this business, so we should. We should be meeting people. Like our business is our network. Of course. So right. I think it's different from when you have a person who's onto their third, fourth, fifth home and they've done renovations before uh, and, and they know the process of, you know, replacing flooring or replacing trim or, or fixing some mold or fixing some plumbing, as opposed to someone who's, you know, very young hopping into their first home. They're pushing the budget a little bit. They're kind of buying on the cusp and, and they don't have a general idea of what it's like to fix that stuff. Right. So it's very important that we have to coach them through that. Uh, and, you know, whether it be there being for a quote, providing them three electricians or three plumbers, right. Just to make sure there's an absolute level of comfort. So, so at the time that they do get the keys, they're able to do whatever they like within their budget and be happy without any surprises. Yes, exactly. Like, like even that, like, see, my most of my business mm-hmm. has been first time home buyers or families looking to upgrade, For right? sure. and, like into that next level. And that's been the bulk of my business. And that's what I promote to. I mean, my whole slogan is helping first time buyers and families find a place to call home. For sure. Right. So, um, so I believe in niche marketing. I mean, I, like, again, it goes back to what I said earlier. You can't be everything for everybody. And it doesn't mean I don't help other people. Mm-hmm. Like, let's not confuse that. Mm-hmm. But my focus is on my niche, obviously. Mm-hmm. And right. And I believe that's like, you, get, you can't be the best at everything, but I think that's what I'm the best at. A hundred percent. And that's where a team is so important, right? Having the right administrative staff in place, you know, uh, your listing agent, your buyer agent, whoever it may be, right? And that team extends beyond beyond me, beyond, you know, a buyer agent, beyond a seller agent, beyond an admin, you know, it goes to your lawyer, it goes to your home inspector, it goes to your appraiser. Uh, and again, uh, the relationship we have with agents is so important as well, right? Because again, we're working together to make sure that the buyer is happy and the seller is happy. And on closing day, not only is your client happy, but the people on the other side are happy as well, knowing it was a smooth transaction that benefited everybody involved. Makes total sense. Mm-hmm. Now, here's a question for you. Because mm-hmm. there's a lot of people that'll watch this who, and they're going to watch it because they're interested in getting the business. So they want to hear what you have to say, or I have to say, or anybody has to say, because they're kind of curious, right? And then mm-hmm. what, what are they getting into? Mm-hmm. What would you, what would be your, uh, what would be your advice to a new person who wants to get into the business, just signed up at Humber and just decided I want to get into the business, but I don't know what I'm going to do once I get my license and start. Cause a lot of times people think you're going to go, you're going to pick a brokerage mm-hmm. and then you pretty much order your signs and your phone's going to ring. We all know that that's not the case. So sure. what's your advice. Uh, I mean, systems and models are so important and putting a schedule in place, right? Because as you know, uh, you know, at real estate, you're not punching in at nine o'clock and punching out at 5 p.m. and getting your paycheck at the end of two weeks like everyone else, right? Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I still have trouble getting past the fact that you punch out. (laughs) <laughs> of course, of course. No, well, you, you know what I mean. So kind of going back to that, it's, uh, you know, how am I going to structure my day where, you know, I'm able to, to get up, do that lead generation, follow up with clients and stay on top of that. And I'll be honest, in, in the first couple of years of my business, I was always so focused on, you know, you're so concerned about where the next business is coming from, right? Where's my next deal? Because I may, I may never have one. Right. So, uh, you know, following up with your existing clients, making sure you're servicing your database, uh, making sure you're working that pipeline to make sure that everybody is getting the same level of attention from yourself as well as your team. Uh, All your clients are equally as important. Right. So structure, systems and models, uh, you know, follow up lead gen are a couple of the most important things. And, you know, better than I do in the beginning, it might be like you're watching paint dry right? You might make a thousand, 2000, 3000 calls. And you might be like, I don't have a lead yet. Right. But uh, you know, all the younger agents that are coming into our office now, I say, stay on top of it, 
it'll come. All those leads are going into your pipeline, making sure you're following up with everyone. And eventually it'll start to snowball. You'll build your referral network. And some say that a referral network is the best network that you can have, right? So as long as you stay on top of things and you kind of have that, that structure in place, uh, you know, your business will start to take off. It may take a little bit of time, uh, but you know, uh, the, the journey is just as, as important as the finish, right? So you just got to make sure you stay on top of everything. Uh, and yeah, I think that's the most important. I, I don't know what you feel. No, I kind of agree with you, but I just want to clear up something. You said I would know what it's like for the paint to dry. So are you trying to say something here? <laughs> no, no, no. We all no, no. go through this. <laughs> exactly. I'm sure we've all been through that process of, 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 you know, starting your business and doing that lead gen and kind of starting from scratch and, and picking yourself up and, and trying to build your yourself to a business that you're comfortable with, right? Because, uh, you know, every realtor may be, you know, somebody may want to do five deals. Somebody may want to do 10 deals, right? So it's very important about the deal, uh, about the goals that you set for yourself uh, in terms of the production that you want to do as well absolutely like that's the other thing going into lead generation right like i mean let's face the reality like if you look at the average transactions out there they vary per year and i remember when i got into the business the first year i had was in it was like i believe one hundred nine thousand transactions that year second year went down to like 96 then at one point in time we hit eighty-two thousand transactions so obviously less and less are getting sold every year there's a shortage in housing which is contributing to the price growth and not necessarily in a healthy way either but the point I'm getting at is it's a lack of supply. And then it's sort sure. of been a common thing. In fact, actually 2020 was the first time. And then since I started where the trend started going back the other way and not by much, just by a little, I believe the last year, I believe that I read that it was 83,000 transaction. And in 2020, we actually hit uh, 90,000 again, which mm -hmm. was good right that way. But mm -hmm. my, where I'm going with this is that if there's 90,000 transactions and 80,000 realtors in Ontario, do the math that's less than 1.25 transactions per person that's less now mm -hmm. we get big teams and i won't mention names mm -hmm. right or i'm not like like not, not i'm not going to personalize it but mm -hmm. when you have big team names that come out there that are doing seven eight hundred transactions per year that you got uh individuals some individuals doing 50 transactions per year that mm -hmm. doesn't mean that the new guy is still getting the 1.25 like i just said what it yep. means is that number is coming out of that 1.25 so what's mm -hmm. left over is actually less than that so sure. i believe the percentages i've heard in the beginning when i started and it may have changed over the years that 80% of the agents do from zero to one transaction a year, 15% end up doing somewhere between one and 15. Mm -hmm. and, um, you got the 5% that are, you know, got the bulk. Yeah. Um, and, I, and don't get me wrong. I'm not in a scarcity mindset. There's an abundance. Yeah. You're willing to work. You can drum up business. You can get out there. And I'm not saying that it's so scarce that, oh my God, you yeah. can't make money. That's not what I'm saying. Yeah. What I'm saying is if you look at the averages, the mm -hmm. odds are when you start in your first year, you're not going to have the experience or the confidence enough to be able to go out there and drum that business to beat those averages. Right. For and sure. what, and that's what I'm getting at. Like, so like my first year within three weeks of being in the business, I got a client and I got a sale. Mm -hmm. So I thought, Oh, it's always like this. I'm set. Yeah. I'm sitting there getting ready for vacation. I'm going, wow. <laughs> why isn't everybody doing this? You know? Yeah. yeah. And then I learned the truth. Nine hard months of right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh that was like a wake-up call but so my point is in terms obviously lead generation is number one yep right that's the first thing because if you don't know have anything in your pipeline and you don't know what's coming up next you can yep. go months without uh a single deal and remember even when a deal closes you can go weeks before you even get paid for sure 
right? So what did you, how did you start lead generating? Like what was the first thing you did as a brand new agent? So at brand new agent, I was fortunate enough that I played a, a lot of sports, right? And believe it or not, that, that's kind of where my business picked off is, you know, playing hockey with the guys, playing soccer with the guys, playing football with the guys. And you kind of get your name out there. You got to break out of that comfort zone and you kind of got to hand your card and say, hey, I'm Jamie. I just started real estate. You know, I'm doing this now. You know, if you, your family or have, you have any friends who are buying or selling real estate, let me know. Right. So it, it picked up like that. And then, you know, we, we got into cold calling. We got into door knocking. Obviously, that's not something we're doing right now. Uh, but, you know, Facebook, uh, Instagram, a lot of those electronic platforms and social media were very advantageous for us uh, in terms of uploading our videos, updating our marketing, uh, putting up marketing stats or market tips or updates for staging or decluttering. Uh, and that was one thing that we were very adamant on. We continue to work on. It's been very successful for us up to this point. Um, but every agent has a way, right? Like uh, some agents love to go out there and knock on doors, right? Some agents love to make a thousand calls a day. I, I don't think there's a straight linear path for any agent that's going to say this is the way you have to do it this way to to, to make your business successful we're, we're all unique in our own way we're, we're all cut from our own cloth everybody's going to find their unique way that they're going to find uh, to convert those leads to, uh, into positive business and deals uh, in whatever way that they can that's true that's true and that's something like exactly not not every cup is the same cup of course right? like even myself right like I struggled for identity. I tried so hard in the beginning, like to try to be everything for everybody. So when I'm saying, you know, you got a niche and whatever, I'm not saying this by guessing I'm saying this because these are the struggles I had, mm -hmm. right? I spent big dollars into promotions and advertising. Mm -hmm. And to be honest, some of the biggest campaigns I did brought zero. For and sure. some of the amount of things I've done that built relationships with people where I spent very little brought more. Like yep. 2020, 50% of my business came from agent referrals. Mm -hmm. That's half. Going back to relationships, right? Re relationships is so important, right? Just because there's so many good realtors out there who are absolutely amazing. And it's so important to have a good relationship with them because it's always going to go back and forth, right? And, that, and that's exactly where I was going at, right? So there's different avenues that work for people. I've never been a cold calling person. I know it works. Right. Because a lot of people, there, there's people out there that I, that I know of that only do cold calling and do very, very good numbers. For sure. For sure. Right. It, it, it's funny. It brings me to a store with my brother, Jeff, who works with me now. And uh, originally, you know, one of the things that we kind of wanted to get him going on was, was cold calling. Right. And I remember seeing him in the office and he'd cold call and cold call. And you kind of, he looked dejected, right. Because he's like, I, I can't get any leads. Is this ever going to work? Right. And then I, I remember the door swinging open one day and him saying, I got a lead. Right. And <laughs> went to the listing presentation, got the listing. Uh, you know, they were, they were previously listed with someone else who couldn't sell the property. And truth be told, he sold it it couldn't have worked out any better. Right. And it's like that one lead, it just it kept them going and going and going and going. And it turned that cold calling into a force and it became very successful at it. Well, exactly. I and mean, like, you have to be willing to put the time, right? Yeah, like even myself, I'm, I'm not a phone guy that way. Yep. Right. Like you have to be to a point to be in this business. You're, you're here to help people. Of course. But for me to call, call somebody, I, I'm one of those guys I call and the person goes, hello. And I'm going, uh, uh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I completely understand. I completely understand. Exactly. But we all have techniques, right? So obviously yeah. agent referrals, 50% up till, uh, you know, this COVID started, I was doing door knocking a lot, right? So nothing wrong with that. I actually used that. I didn't door knock just for leads because I was trying to figure out like but what's gonna be my marketing plan for this year kind of thing and this is how it started i'm looking at that and i'm sitting there going 
I need to lose a little of this. So I said, <laughs> I got to get out there and exercise. So I said, you know what? Let's kill two birds with one stone. If I go door knocking, I'm going to be walking instead of driving. <laughs> right. So that's, that was my plan. Cause I, I knew sure, I should sure. be door knocking to build plan to build, you know, leads and get to know people. And, you know, and I'm thinking, but just to door knock to door knock, then I'm going, Oh, do I have to do this? Yeah. And to go for a walk? It's like, Oh, do I have to do that? But if you have two purposes, you're like, let's go get it. Of course. And right? in anything you do in real estate, you have to make it fun. You have to enjoy it. Right. Yeah, it, it's exactly. such an important part of the process. And that's my point. So when you, when you combine something, all of a sudden it becomes a challenge. When it becomes a challenge, you just go right after it. You decide, you pick, and you do it. For sure. And, uh, you know, sometimes door knocking or cold calling is, is out of someone's comfort zone. But I'm sure you know how important it is to try and break through that comfort zone sometimes. Because when you do, it's just sometimes you break through that ceiling and it leads you to a different level of success. Right. Well, look, and that's the other thing. I turned it into a game. And how I started to break that is I didn't just go knock on the door, say, hi, I'm here. Do you want to sell your house? Because what's the first thing they're going to say? No. Right. Or, 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 or yeah, give me an offer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, see? <laughs> right? yeah, so yeah. I, I turned it into a game and I used the holidays yeah. as my way to start it. So, mm -hmm. for example, the first time I started, I think it was Christmas. I used Christmas and I had these little gifts that were inexpensive. Mm -hmm. I, I think I paid like 300 bucks for like a thousand of them or something silly like that. It was, it was a calendars, right? So for the new year. Yep. So I walked up, I would start off with the knocking on the door. They answered and I go, hello, I'm John. I'm with Royal page or Remax or whoever I was with at the time. And I said, I just wanted to come by, wish you a happy holidays. And you know, new year's is coming up. I want to give you a calendar, mm -hmm. you know, and then, and then you talk to them and go, Oh, thank you. You know, like a happy, you know, happy holidays, Merry new Christmas, whatever it is. Right. And then mm -hmm. they, like they would turn and then say, Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, which office are you from? And you would talk yep. and start a conversation. Next thing you know, yep. you know, how long have you been in the area? You know, and they would tell you and then, uh, and I say, Oh, wow. You've been, uh, you've been here for like four years. Yeah. Yep. Wow. Well, you know, you must love the area. He goes, yep. yeah, but you know what? My kids have grown up and now I'm thinking of uh, downsizing. Great. Mm -hmm. That's a, you know, when, when did you have, uh, you know, when did you have in mind to like to consider that? Like when, when were yeah. you thinking? What's the timeline? Oh, yeah. well, you know what? Since it's Christmas, I'm going to wait to the end of the year. So probably in June, we're probably going to look in uh, March yeah. right away. What, 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 what do I do? Grab my notepad, write the address, the name of the person yeah. and put in March seeking in March. For sure. So then yeah. you say, Hey, would you mind if I contacted you again in uh, February, March, just to chat, you know, to see uh, how things are going and whatever. And usually they'll say yes. Or sometimes they'll say, Oh, my friends are realtor, you know, thank yeah. you, whatever. And there's no problem. Yeah, yeah of course. I mean, the right? follow-up is so important, right? Yeah. It, it's so important. And I do find that if you're farming an area, which a lot of people do, and are, a lot of people are very successful at door, door knocking is fantastic, right? It gets you in touch with the community. You're meeting people and your name is synonymous with, uh, you know, whatever it may be, uh, Applewood, Meadowvale, uh, whatever the location that you're farming is. Exactly. And then, then the key thing is not to go too big. Right? Of course. Well, right? well, I mean, like, it, it gives you less ground to cover. Right. right? You're able to be more points. effective. Of course. Right? Of course. So, then you're, you're, I mean, you're able to, to send out mailers or uh, to those 500 houses as opposed to 2,000 or 3,000. It just gives you more of a, an effective approach to the market that you're dealing with. Absolutely. I agree. And that's the thing, right? Like sometimes even just as little as 500 homes mm -hmm. is enough to keep you busy all year with the mold. When you consider the multiple touch points, right? Where you should be touching them so many times per year, you should have interaction. I think you should have at least, at least, and I, and I, and I, I know there's a lot of people who say a lot more than I'm, I'm doing. Mm -hmm. You should have at least a touch point of a, of a person in your community every two months minimum. Yep. Right. I mean, I think it should be every month, but I'm saying the average, 
Mm-hmm. Right. Cause you're not going to knock on the door every day. Yeah, right. But, <laughs> yeah. Or right? they'll be chasing so, you down the driveway with a broom. Exactly. But I mean, you should be out there. If you're door knocking, you should be out there every day. By the time yeah. you get through that 500 houses, it seems easy. Well, I'm going to do a hundred a day. Guess what? I did it before. And, and, and you know what? I didn't, you know, if you're talking to somebody and like, they're actually talking to you, yeah. not doing a hundred in a day. You might, if, if you're talking to everybody and like yeah. everybody answers and they talk, you might get 10 in a day. Yeah. And your experience with every homeowner is going to be different, right? Some people may not Absolutely. answer the door. Some people may open the door and say, no, someone may want to talk for 45 minutes to an hour. Or some people, again, when, when door knocking, we were able to do it. Some people may say, hey, yeah, sure. Come on, come take a look right now and give us evaluation, right? You never know how that, how that process is going to happen. And that's my point. And sometimes, sometimes like I look at it and say, if you go door knocking for uh, two hours and you've got, if you, and you've gotten 30, 40 homes, that was a bad outing. Mm-hmm. And it was a bad outing because either nobody answered. So you went, at the wrong time or nobody talked to you. Yeah. I mean, it's still good because you got your name out because I always leave everything, something behind. Mm-hmm. So it's always worth it because they get your name. Yeah. But the point I'm getting at is truly productive outing is where they talk to you mm-hmm. at the very, very least. They know who they're saying no to when they sell their house. For sure. Right. So yeah, yep. so that's, that, that, that's just one lead generation. Like there's door knocking, cold calling. There's even, like you said, there's farming, which yep. combines everything because you're just focusing on an area. Um, I used to do mail outs every year and this is how, or every month, let me Mm -hmm. rephrase that. And that's how I learned the value of uh, trimming down. Imagine Mm -hmm. the cost of doing 5,000 flyers a month mailed out by Canada Post. Yeah. I did that for 12 months. That was that was a good. <laughs> and mailers ma- mailers may work for some; they may not work for others. Again, it it just shows that there's a there's a different path for everyone. Right? Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. and that's the other thing. That's where I also learn that you have to learn the market uh, dynamics, right? Because some areas yep. never change over. Yep. Right? They'll have a one percent, and some areas have a seventeen percent changeover. Mm-hmm. Right. So if you know what areas have a seventeen percent changeover, chances mm-hmm. are that's the one you want to focus on. Of course. Right. So again, it goes, uh, the biggest and the most important one, as we had said, was networking and building your yep. database. Yep. Right. Part of building your database, uh, wh- like there's many ways to do it. And I've been resistant to this and I don't know about you, yep. but up till now, I keep getting into CRMs, scrapping them, getting back in. I just friggin' hate loading up an extra software when I have it yep. in Google and on my phone and yep. all that right and it's it's just one of those things that just but i really find without the crm once i drop the crm i become less organized as much as i think google is going to organize me it doesn't right yeah. I, I just <laughs> and, and, and we're all different right like like for some like you know people use excel people use google people use tons of different crm software and it's very successful for them or, or it's not successful for them at all and they switch right but uh, again, systems, models, kind of figuring that out, what works for you, what's effective. And, and uh, you know, we're in a business where it's very easy to see what's effective because your business is coming from there, right? So uh, you and I might be very different. Agent ABC might be very different. It's just finding out what works. Absolutely. And that's even when it comes to picking a uh, brokerage, right? What, what What's good for you may not be good for me. Of course. Right? Like everybody, of course. What's important is different. And that's why I always believe people shouldn't just sign on the dotted line on the first one they go to. I think they should interview three or four and then decide what can offer them the most. And it's more than just a commission split. It's got to be the overall package. 
Yeah, definitely. And there's, again, going back to to realtors, there's so many good offices, tons with amazing support staff, amazing owners, amazing brokers, right? Sometimes it's so hard to choose, right? You meet five or six guys and you're like, I like them all. They're they're amazing for me. And you kind of go back and really got to collect your thoughts in terms of, you know, where do I want to be? What's important? Where do I want to be located, right? Do I want my office to be in downtown Toronto? Do I want to be in Mississauga? Uh, But it's very important that you you choose an office that's going to be there for you and is in a location that you want to service. Uh, but there, there's so many online brokers and different things out there that are good today too, that it, it is an interesting decision, right? I, I feel like when I did it 12 years ago, uh, you know, my broker now, she's always been there for me. It was kind of an easy decision uh, and that's what I went with. Right. But I, I guess everybody really has their, their driving force and, and what drives them to the brokerage that they're at today. Absolutely. Like even for me, like you, 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 you touched a nerve point for me in a good way. Yeah. Right. So um, like when you said about the location and stuff, right. Yeah. That's been my biggest struggle. Mm-hmm. because I'm obviously living out in Grimsby now. Mm-hmm. Right? And most of my clientele is between Grimsby and Oakville. Mm-hmm. Not all. I mean, Etobicoke was huge, but that's only because I lived there. And let's mm-hmm. face it, most of my sales from Etobicoke are not Etobicoke-based. They're people leaving Etobicoke to go west. Mm-hmm. Right? That's been most of it. I'm not saying there's always exceptions to everything, right? There's always mm-hmm. exceptions to everything. But that's been the majority of it. So sure. that being said, my office is in Mississauga. And what a drive. I mean, it's not bad. It's only like, what, 40 minutes, 35 minutes. But like, as you know, I've been to other brokerages, but my driving goal for the brokerage was to have an office close Mm -hmm. to home. For sure. I end up going back because that's just not enough. Mm -hmm. Right. I like the environment. I love the environment I'm in with Mm -hmm. the Royal Page Signature. Mm-hmm. Right? Like it's one of those things. I just wish they had an office more West. That for, sure. <laughs> for sure. Uh, no, I, I get it. Compl- and you're comfortable there. So again, it makes it hard to leave. And I'm sure the support staff has been amazing there for you too. Right. Uh, I guess one of the benefits, especially in 2020 is it enabled us to do a lot of stuff electronically and online, uh, you, you know, whether it be our brokers or our trainers or our broker of re- records, being able to hop on a zoom call or a FaceTime with us uh, because, you know, so sometimes it's a little more personal than a phone call or, or you want to see something on a whiteboard or they want to show you something. Uh, so that is one thing that we have benefited from is, is taking a lot of that learning uh, online or electronically via zoom or FaceTime or whatever method that you use. Yeah, absolutely. So, but yeah, but it goes to a point that, like you said, there's many different reasons to be at different brokerages. Yep. So I, for me, the cons were a lot fewer than the pros. For sure. So that's why I ended up going back and I keep going back when I try something. It's just, I'm not going anywhere now. Let's be clear. On that. <laughs> fair, fair enough. There's one enough. of those uh, lessons. There was nothing wrong with where I went. Don't get me wrong. The other yep. places I went to, they were great too. They had their advantages too. Mm-hmm. But for where I am, at least right now, for my career where I am right now, mm-hmm. this one made the most sense to me. Gotcha. So, and, and that's what I mean by sometimes it's more than just commission split. Of course. Are you happy? That's the question. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah of course, my phone's got always ring. <laughs> Don't worry, buddy. Actually, gonna... Nature of the business. Nature of the business. Hang on. I'm going to put an airplane. Yeah, no mode. problem. There we go. No problem. So, <laughs> um, no worries. That's funny. That's actually never happened during a podcast. <laughs> it's happened every other there's a, time. <laughs> there's a first for everything. Yeah, it's true. So, yeah. okay. So yeah. So obviously networking is the best way to do, to get lead generation. For I sure. Mean, at, at least that, that I found, right. It, it's, it's what works for me. It, it may not, well, it should, it should work for everyone because you're building a network. Right. But uh, I guess there's different ways to build that network. Right. And how you choose to do so. 
Right. And that and that's exactly it. Like, see, that's the other thing. Like, even like COVID aside, because COVID is temporary. Mm-hmm. I found that even community events, getting involved in community events is a great way to get your name out there. Mm-hmm. Right? Like it's a way to meet people. Yep. Obviously, Absolutely. during lockdown, we're not going anywhere. Of course. Now you can you can don't have to give that up. You can still create online events. Mm-hmm. Right? So it's a way to network and stuff. And then that kind of, that would apply to any business. When you're mm-hmm. when you're networking with anybody with like with any business, yep. you all help each other out. Of really course. And we made yeah. And last year we all had to adjust, right? We, we all, whether it be, you know, doing your listing presentations via Zoom, doing your buyer consultations via Zoom, right? Uh, we all had to adjust because we know that the health and safety of our clients is always the number one priority. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. So even going back into the market now, mm-hmm. right? Like it's been very interesting when COVID hit. What was your first thought in terms of home prices, in terms of transactions? What was the first thing that came to your mind? I think it was in the same boat as everyone else. We, we didn't really know how it was going to affect us, right? We, I mean, obviously things were going to change, right? The way we did business was how it was going to change. Are we essential? Are we not essential? All that was kind of a question mark, right? And, uh, you know, things obviously slowed down throughout that March, April window, I believe. But it's crazy to see how prices and transactions rebounded uh, towards, uh, you know, the latter portion of the year. Well, that's where I was going to go with this, right? It's mm-hmm. the number of transaction mm-hmm. basically bombed overnight. Mm-hmm. Like say virtual uh, tours and whatever, right? Mm-hmm. My business died instantly, mm-hmm. instantly. Like mm-hmm. in the way that I had buyers and they're looking at that and going, I'm not buying a house on the computer. Of I'm going to go see it. Right. And there's ways around it, but nobody, you know, like one of the ways around it was like, if you like it and you see it virtually, you put in a deposit mm-hmm. during inspection, you get to go see the house. And then they were yeah. still we were obviously they were allowing the opportunity to bail out at that point of course but a lot of you know it was a challenge let's put it that way yeah so, and uh, again the comfort the client is always number one right so you have to go at their comfort level there was some people who were making the offer conditional upon viewing the property and there were some people who just who said jamie there's absolutely no chance that i'm ever buying a property seeing it through a computer screen as opposed to physically being there and we completely understand that right a hundred percent i would never disagree with that you're a hundred percent right and again we, we just had to adjust to everybody's needs and make sure that everybody was was safe everybody was healthy uh, and we're doing a, our business in a way that benefited all of our clients I agree. And that's the thing, right? So what ended up happening in my head, I'm going like, okay, prices aren't dropping. The listings that are coming up are still, some of them are even higher. Not all. Or even multiple offers, right? There were still offer dates out there. But that's the thing. So when during our lockdown, the first one, I was thinking, hmm, this is going to be interesting, right? So I'm like, I didn't know what was going to happen. I Mm -hmm. thought that um, either we would just take a pause and go Mm -hmm. back to normal Mm -hmm. or maybe the so-called big dip that everybody's waiting for might actually happen. (laughs) And and after six months, I'm saying no chance, no how I thought, wow, this person's proved me wrong, (laughs) I know, but it didn't happen. We opened up again and it got even worse than where we were heading in terms of uh, volume. Yeah. All right. Interest rates dropped in that time. Time, right. right. So right. I'm pretty sure that was a driving force of what was happening. Plus, again, like you mentioned earlier, the, the lack of inventory is 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 what's really driving these offer dates, these bidding wars, plus the, the low mortgage rates, right? It's 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 kind of the recipe for what's happening right now, or what we're seeing in my market at least. And this is where I'm going. I mean, and this is I as far as I know, all the way from your market to mine, it's the same. Maybe mm-hmm. different levels, mm-hmm. but the same. 
And yeah. this is where I'm going with, right? It's the, the lack of supply is the common driving force for the market condition. Mm-hmm. It's, it's interest rates make it easier for people to buy. Mm-hmm. And the fact that there's nowhere to buy is mm-hmm. a problem. For sure. Right. And, and the thing is a lot of a lot, like, and I don't even think when COVID finishes, this is solved, right? I mean, let's face it. Let's go to the whole downtown condo thing being on a bit of a um, interesting shift mm-hmm. and how uh, rentals are pretty much um, struggling for the lack of a yep. better term. Yep. Again, this is temporary. Mm-hmm. What ends up happening is now people are using this time because they can work from home mm-hmm. and through being locked down so much, they're deciding that I don't like where I live or it's too small for me. Now that we're mm-hmm. working from home, the kids are doing things from home. Mm-hmm. Sure, sure, like even when we resume, I'm going to be working from home mm-hmm. or at least some of the time. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be in my kitchen to do this. For sure. Right? <laughs> for sure. So, no, I, I so get now, it. Now, 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 now they're taking that step to move, right? Yep. Yep. Which is adding more pressure because they got to leave where they are. And like yep. downtown isn't cool like it used to be right now. Right. So these uh, leases, people who were leasing before because of whatever decided that they're willing to go west and now they're willing to buy. For sure. And, so and, that takes people out of the rental. Mm-hmm. Right. That also the people who are living in condos because that's where they can afford downtown, they're selling to move west again mm-hmm. or east or north or south or whatever. They're taking the plunge. So that put a lot of pressure on condos and the number of condos on the market were far outweighing anything uh, that it's ever like you know in the last mm-hmm. two years like there's never been so many on the market mm-hmm. for for a while at least mm-hmm. and that being said obviously that took the pressure off the condos which caused it to stall mm-hmm. and added more pressure on other types of homes mm-hmm. of course right? and it's kind of uh like you're saying just going a little bit forward in in that conversation is how these markets outside the city are benefiting right like northwest and you guys are seeing, you know, more volume and a lack of inventory, high demand, so on and so forth. It's, it's, it's you hear it bang for your buck, right? Yes. People want, you know, a detached or a semi, uh, you know, on a bigger lot. And unfortunately, where the prices are at in Etobicoke or Mississauga or Oakville or, you know, wherever it may be, uh, it just may not be attainable within their price range uh, unless they move outside and spend a little more time in their car and commute into the city or whatever it is that they work uh, to really get the desirable product that they're, you know, that they want and they love. Absolutely. Like, here's another thing. I'm going to get into stats and I might impress you here because I memorized them. <laughs> but um, let's take something, something that I found abnormal as well. When I got into the business, I remember Oakville, like this is before the 2018, officially February 2018, I believe was our official crash. Yep. Right. And before that, so in the 2016 market, 2017, 17 took a bit of a dip, but we'll see the peak of the market. I remember Etobicoke average was being around somewhere between 1.25 and 1.5. I can't remember exact, Mm -hmm. but it was around that area. And it depends on the time for, Mm -hmm. and that was just detached home, right? right? As an example, but the average was still, we'll say 1.3 for argument's sakes for Etobicoke average home overall. And, and I remember Oakville was like a hundred thousand dollars less, right? But it's still pretty high. Yep. Now fast forward to today with everything that's going on and all these external factors that we talked about mm-hmm. Oakville's price average price today is 1.3 mm-hmm. Toronto's average price is 980,000 Oakville surpassed Toronto. Wow. Do yeah. I think this will last? Hell no. Toronto mm-hmm. will come back. Once mm-hmm. this thing cools off, like this whole uh, 
pandemic, immigration mm-hmm. opens up, students come back, the demand will go back to Toronto, mm-hmm. and those prices will skyrocket, or the outside will level off, and it'll become more in line. Gotcha. But what an opportunity to buy in Toronto. Think about it. It is lower than going west. Mm -hmm. And we know this is not going to last. This is the time to buy in Toronto. Mm -hmm. Like if you want to be a Toronto investor, like if you want to go and you want more land, like you just said, that's fine. Then you're buying for you to live in. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but if you want something for an investment, what an opportunity. Yeah, uh, if you want to get into that downtown core or that 416, the, the window of opportunity seems to be there. Exactly. And that's the thing, right? So I think that even when this pandemic is over, mm-hmm. there's still going to be a strain on the, uh, uh, like on the market where the mm-hmm. pricing, like basically there's going to be a lot of pressure on pricing. And I, gotcha. I still think that's going to be there. I don't think yep. it'll last forever. Like as in eventually, mm-hmm. I could see, you know, supply and demand catching up, mm-hmm. but they're years behind. Mm-hmm. available homes for what for the demand they're years behind like you know what i mean like if you got a shortage you got to catch up and then surpass it for the market to come down mm-hmm. and, and there are many many like they can't physically build enough homes to, to match that supply in a given yep. year nope. right so i think I we're understood. years away from that and yep. even by then let's face it look look at the last crash it went down 12 percent. do you really count that a crash and i'm giving you an example of one example that i remember yeah yeah, of right? course. Like I'm sure there's more that I don't remember. But the yeah, point I'm yeah, getting absolutely. at is your 1.2 went down to 1 million. Ooh. Right? <laughs> like, yeah. It sounds like for us, that's considered a crash. Gotcha. Yeah, but yeah. the people that are waiting for the crash, they're not looking for that. They're looking mm-hmm. for it to crash and go back to 400,000 like it was. A, a big crash, yeah. A, it can a never happen. Fall. Mm-hmm. It can't. Right? Mortgages are bigger than that. Yep. So, you know what I mean? And you can't sell a house and pay the mortgage later. Of course. (laughs) It's it's physically impossible for it to go down. That's my view. For sure. No, absolutely. I I mean, absolutely right. So what you want, when did you build a team? Like, how did that come about? That was probably, I want to say three, two, four years ago, we started building our team. My brother was a big help when he got his license. So that was kind of a, a good boost for me. Uh, and, and I just think it comes to the point where, uh, again, you can't be in two or three or four or five places at once and you realize that two heads are better than one, right? Um, and one thing that I always thought in the beginning is, you know, the only person who could do the job with my clients is me, right? But when you realize that other people are, are, are coachable and sometimes they're able to do the job better than you and, and everyone has their strengths and, and you're able to, you know, he might be a better buyer agent, he might be a better listing agent or, you know, whatever direction that might go in. Uh, it, everything just started to run a little more smoothly, right? And you're, you're able to open up a little more time for yourself. Uh, and again, you're, you're making sure that everybody is getting, you know, quick responses to their emails, quick responses to their texts. Uh, and we're able to comfortably be there whenever our clients need us, right? As opposed to me running around. Now you have a, a three or four headed monster uh, who, who's able to, you know, service all these people. And, and one buyer or one seller may fit better with you or, or another agent or, or Jeff or whoever, right? Uh, sometimes there's just a better fit with certain clients, with certain agents, as opposed to, you know, myself thinking that I can do everything with everyone uh, and I'm the best at it, which, you know, isn't true. Again, going back, there's tons of good agents out there, millions of them probably. And, and it's just making sure that you have a good fit with that client. You're able to meet their needs and make sure that everything goes exactly the way that they planned it and the way that it should be. Absolutely. That makes sense. Now I got a question for you going back, knowing what you know now, mm-hmm. 
what would you do differently if anything probably more legion start the team earlier and 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 more follow-up right because again uh, you know where i waited to start my team was where again I, I felt like i was at my ceiling right i'm at a point where i don't know if i can do this much more business on my own and give everybody the level of service that they've gotten and and that they expect right so uh, if i can kind of go back and set up a better structure and a, and a better system in the beginning uh, to kind of carry that balance forward and do it a little bit sooner uh, that's probably what what i would have done personally uh, and again everyone may be different uh, that might not be the way again that one agent sees it from another but i think that's what would have helped me in in the beginning or, or at least earlier on that makes total sense that makes total sense I, i'm debating on asking you a question might, might touch some nerves on uh, some people <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to do we don't want to do that we don't want to do that <laughs> yeah, um, we don't want to do that in terms of investment yeah right like um there's many forms of investment it's not even just real estate I mean, real estate is a, for me, obviously I'm in the business. I believe it's a very important aspect mm -hmm. of real estate, mm -hmm. but it's like, for example, even take yourself. Do you invest in real estate only? Do you invest in other stuff as well? Do you in real estate and other stuff? Like, uh, only? like, like what is your perspective? Somebody, you know, right now they've, they're in a comfortable place. They're, mm -hmm. uh, let, let's use the scenario that they're renting a place right now. They got $70,000 in the bank. Yep. And they're debating whether they want to invest in the stocks, they invest in a business or invest in real estate. What would your suggestion be? You know, everybody has a different level of comfort, right? I mean, historically speaking, real estate has always been a good investment, uh, you know, for anyone who, who's gone that that track, right? Some some people prefer stocks. Some people prefer investing with their home bank. But again, I, I all think, you know, I think we're all different in terms of what we're comfortable in, right? So some people may want to buy two, three, four, five investment properties. Some people say, no, you know, I'd rather have that money in my bank in an interest account where I know it's safe and nobody can touch it. Or, or somebody may want to say, I'm going to go to the stock market and do, you know, X, Y, and Z and, and invest it that way. Way, right. But uh, again, it really comes down to your comfort level and, and how you want to proceed with your investments and, and, and where you feel safe and, and comfortable. But again, generally, especially when you look at the, uh, you know, how real estate has appreciated year over year in those numbers, uh, you know, based on that, of, of course, it's a great investment. Right. But uh, again, it's, it's everybody has their own comfort zone. Absolutely. Because I don't want to take too much of your time. What I want to do is uh, get one. If you have one piece of advice to potential buyers or sellers or anybody looking to invest in real estate, what would that be? Oh man, <laughs> that, 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 that's, that, that, that's a very good question. Um, it, it's an important process. It's an emotional process. Uh, if one thing I can say to anyone is, uh, uh, again, I've probably said it four or five times already. There, there's so many good agents out there. There's so many good realtors. Uh, you know, Find a good fit with one of them. They will guide you in the right direction. Uh, they're all amazing. They'll give you an amazing process. Uh, do what you're comfortable with and do what makes you happy. Awesome. That's, that's amazing, man. Thank you so much for being on the show. We'll have to do it again. My pleasure. Catch up more later. Absolutely, John. Thank you very much, buddy. I appreciate it. Always a pleasure, my friend. We'll talk soon. Sounds good, man. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.